What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 431 of the Smartout Moments Smack Talk Podcast. Hot tags of the week, or we'll be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, the news, the gossip, and other things that went down in the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment over the past few days that we feel like talking about. We are the usual suspects. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, is Robert D. Felice. Where are the hot wings? <laughs> hot wings, the hot tags, other hot stuff. Uh, Donna I was Summer. trying to hot wings. Tony, I want hot wings. You ever seen hot ones? Yeah, love it. I would do terribly on that. I'm the type of person who's like, I can't eat anything at Chipotle. It's too spicy. <laughs> I've heard that that really makes certain parts of your body very loose. Huh. Well, if you have uh, loose elbows, then you... <laughs> Then drop a comment below. Donate to the Patreon. Uh, yeah, um, we're going to do the hot tags. That's what the hot tags are all about. It's talking about the hot tags. So I want you to do the same in the comments below. Tell us your thoughts on all these topics that we're going to be breaking down here. Obviously, if you are on the platforms that don't have comments, then you can't leave a comment because you're not a genie and you're not magic. But if you hop over from the iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all those feeds, and you go over to the YouTube side of things instead... While you're there, ring that little bell for the notifications. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done that already. Like the video because that helps out quite a bit. And as I just said, drop a comment below and tell us your thoughts. We got a couple different things to be reviewing. Uh, four shows, actually. And a trademark and somebody leaving the company. And, and anything else that we just randomly decided to talk about, too. But... Let's start off with one of the older ones. This is uh, the latest episode of WWE 24, Our Truth. It was after Super Showdown, and I absolutely loved this. Yep, I agree. Our Truth is one of the better feel good stories. And I think, like, do you hear the reaction? I haven't been on the show with you in a while. At Super Showdown, he was like one of the most over superstars there. I honestly think if you ever want to do, there's the rumor that Brock Lesnar wanted to do more with our truth. You could do that at a Saudi show, and I think people would buy it. You know the way that the Ricochet match went down, and the fact that they just wrote him off entirely and everything. You could do it, Brock against our truth at Crown Jewel. No title needs to be on the line and stuff because hopefully Brock's not the champion again, and. You just have that be a thing. Yeah, people will eat it up. Especially if you try to make it to where it's like R-Truth is doing like some comedy shtick and Brock is like not taking it all that seriously or, uh, you know, beating down on R-Truth in a funny way or something like that. It could be great. R-Truth is just great. Like he has had some bad stuff, obviously, in his career. I didn't like the Pretty Ricky thing. But this dude is just so funny in a lot of ways and this gave me a lot more of an appreciation for him like i've been a fan of our truth for the past bunch of years but you know even just the idea that like when they're pointing at his age i keep forgetting about that you know he's one of yeah. the older people on this roster and he looks the same if not better like if he's you compare for years when he came back and they were doing those vignettes of him like uh saying like where he like grew up and you know like oh I'm going to set things right I'm our truth now and that kind of thing I think he looks better now than what he did then that was a decade ago or so maybe even more yeah 
It had to have been more. It was like 2008. So, yeah. So they're beating back for 12 years. Jesus Christ. 12 years goes by. There's some people who their careers aren't half as long as that. And he had a whole career before that at that point. And he's just doing arguably some of the better stuff in his career. And it's great the story of like him with Crockett. It's interesting him saying like you know, how he wanted to support his rap career. He was selling drugs. Then he decided that he just was going to do that. I, from top to bottom, loved this. This is one of my favorite WWE 24s that they've done. You know, I've been having instances lately of like these really big shocks. And I just had one right there when I said our truth came back 12 years ago. Like, this dude's been in the company for 12 years. Like, time is flying. But that does not matter to our truth because the dude is a vampire. Seems like it. Near 50, and he's doing, like you said, the best work of his career. And he's never been a bigger star. I mean, just even ignoring like the athleticism and stuff, if you just show somebody a picture of our truth and you're like, what age is he? People would probably be like, I don't know, like 33 or something, 20 something, whatever. Like, nah, double that almost. It's ridiculous. I mean, you look at like, for instance, AJ Styles, he still looks good. But if you look at AJ Styles now and you look at AJ Styles 13 years ago, you could tell the difference. Our truth. I mean, goddamn, whatever that dude did to find the um, found a youth or whatever. Pass Sell along. the drugs, don't take them. <laughs> Maybe that's where it is. Big fan of that, though. If you didn't see that, I definitely recommend it. But I can't say the same for the Trish Stratus Break It Down. It was only like 17 minutes long, and I wanted it to just end. Yeah. Couldn't find much reason to care. Although I like seeing Victoria on the network. Yeah, they give her a little bit of a shout out. And I mean, like there are moments in that where she was talking about some stuff that we don't hear a million times, but it's mostly stuff we've heard a million times. They did that 24 special and that covered most of it. They've had plenty of interviews where it's like, oh, it was very important for Lita and I to have the, it's the same kind of stuff. And I didn't take away really anything that was all that different. So, you know, I'm glad that people we're getting to an era of appreciation now for the generation that I grew up in. But this ruthless aggression, nostalgia has totally left me like the same fun for me. I've heard 90% of the stories. Granted, when we get to the other 10%, it does get really fun because you get to hear stories like, Mark Jindrak and Evolution. But, wow, I know so many of the stories already. It's not as fun. Well, for that matter, we had another episode of Ruthless Aggression. This was the fourth one about Brock Lesnar, the next big thing. And I didn't really enjoy this one. I mean, I've liked all three of the other ones. And this one I felt was lacking. They talked a lot about stuff that wasn't in the Ruthless Aggression era. Because I don't feel like they had enough to really sink their teeth in. I mean, they pointed out, they're like, well, he was only there for two years. So it's not like they can do a deep, deep dive on a lot of those things, but I I still would have wanted more. Like I would have wanted to hear more about what was their thought process going into King of the Ring? 
because I know he won King of the Ring, but I don't know a damn thing about it, you know? Here's their thought process. When are the King of the Ring fights the champion at SummerSlam, Brock is going to fight the champion at SummerSlam. I want to hear stories about, like, dude, you guys got this guy to be a comedy character. He was kissing Kurt Angle on air. Like, nobody talks about that. But Brock Lesnar, for a while, was, like, you know, funny. Yeah, they just mostly did the same kind of point A to point B kind of thing that they've done in the past, where it's just Brock came in, huge prospect, we pushed him to the moon, he couldn't take it, he didn't want to do it anymore, so he left, tried football, didn't work out, went to MMA, fucked everybody up, came back, and now for the past decade he's been destroying everybody. And it's like, right, well, I get it, I know that whole story. You just did it again to me. Fucking, it's almost been a decade. Because it was um, 2012. It was 2012. So, eight years. I'm having a lot of those moments where it's just like, shit needs to slow down. Like, remember, remember that uh, first Ninja Turtles movie that came out in like 1991? Yeah. 68 years ago today. <laughs> well, I think I'm uh, 66 years old now. Don't know how that happened. Just like that. You never know. It sneaks up on you. How old are you? My uh, my niece the other day was like, how old are you? 28? And I'm like, I wish. She's like, 30? I'm like, yeah, go a little bit higher than that. And she's like, what, 30, 33? I'm like, yeah, it's close. You know, whatever. Then I'm like, yeah, how much do you think I feel? <laughs> 54. 108. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I would I like say... I'd say see it because I think this Ruthless Aggression documentary is a really good one. And I think they're utilizing the network properly. But not the strongest episode. Out of those three things, I say definitely see the R-Truth one. Check out the Brock Lesnar one if you're particularly interested. But if you've seen it all before, you're not going to get anything new, really. And the Trish one, you could skip. Even though it's a shame that that's like the quickest one it's still just out of 16 minutes and uh, 16 and a half minutes or whatever it was. I really feel like there might've been like 45 seconds worth of new stuff. The rest, <clears throat> the rest of it was just like, that was really important for me to have that match with Mickey. And it was really important for us to do this. And oh, it was well, how many times are you going to be like, Hey, I had lined raw with Lita. We get it. Mm-hmm. I love you. I do, but we get it. Yeah. It's the same with a lot of things, you know? I mean, that's the same thing with like, how many times do you get to talk about Montreal? Yeah, I get it. yeah, that's the yeah, that is that, and there's like, if there's a generic Shawn Michaels documentary thing, you always got to go through the whole. Well, Shawn was a handful back in this time and whatever. And if you're talking about the NWO, you got to go through the first bunch of time of. Oh you know, man, it's, did you know that there wasn't guaranteed contracts that they didn't do guarantees back in the day, like. It's never Again. been done before that the, the people came in because everybody thought that we were actually Razor and whatever, and Vince had sent us over. It's the same story, you know. And so, I feel bad because, like, there there was a time in my life where, like, I did thirst for those stories, but now it's like, man, I've seen this shit so much. 
Yeah, I want to hear like the really oddball stories now at this point. I want the stories of look, you you know that um I don't know, that like Austin had gotten sent to the hospital during King of the Ring and that he came back and that's why he's got the stitches and all this other kind of stuff. I know that. Tell me something like Oh, and backstage, Savio Vega, after his match, he shit himself all over the place. Or, like, something, <laughs> something like that, where I'd be like, oh, wow, that's a new element to this, you know? Like, yeah, like that's what I used to like about Pritchard's show before. Before he know, censored himself kinda, more. Before they censored himself, and they kind of exposed the fact that 90% of it is just him telling hyperbole anyway. I, you know, I like hearing stories of, like, yeah, well... Wrestling and nine was cool because we had never done a pay-per-view replay. So we did the Hogan thing. So there was a reason to watch the replay. Now we got a couple other hot tags, but before we move on, I'm just going to throw out some plugs, usual kind of thing. Patreon is something I plug all the time. You're going to brush past it real quick. Don't worry. Patreon is the best way that you can support us. So if you donate a buck, that's great. If you donate more than that, even better. It's all greatly appreciated. Ten bucks gives you access to the dark cast, which are Patreon exclusive. More than that, you got the mailbag priority. Take advantage of that on months that we're not doing the mailbag, which was February and March. We're going to do another one in April. And then uh, there's the pick your poison tier. And that is if you want us to do something specific. And if you toss the money our way to be able to do that, then set aside the time and then we'll do it. So that is the best way to make sure that there's more content on Smartout Moment. And another way that you can help out on the monetary side of things, if you want to get something physical to hold out of that, is to check the T Public and the Redbubble shops for the merchandise side of things. Just browse around, bunch of different designs, bunch of different options for where to put those designs. There's mugs, there's coffee things, there's t-shirts, there's stickers, magnets, all that other kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, check that stuff out if you're interested. And do the same thing for all of that for fanboysanonymous.com. That's my geek culture website for movie reviews and different types of stuff on the superhero spectrum or TVs. Uh, discussion or video game talk or any of that kind of stuff. You're going to find that on fanboysanonymous.com. So subscribe to that YouTube channel. Follow those Facebook and Twitter accounts. Hit up that Patreon if you want more from fanboys. And just browse around. You know, do the same kind of stuff you do for Smart Cat Moment. Uh, I've got plenty of different websites and plenty of different um, names. And one of them I went ahead recently and I bought two more domain names and registered a couple um, like Twitter accounts and everything for a project that I might do in the future. I'm not entirely sure when that'll happen and I'll tell everybody when we start it, but um, it's not wrestling related, but the uh, idea of like grabbing names when you can is something that we all have to do nowadays. And we've been having a lot of talk in the past year or so about trademarks and WWE and AEW are in like a trademark war. Sometimes one company gets something and then the other one's just kind of like, you know what, I'm going to snatch up the rest of these or something. Like, you know, AEW gets Bash at the Beach or something. And WWE's like, yeah, well, we'll get sold out. <laughs> that kind of thing. And recently, actually, well, going back to one of the first ones of these, uh, the Revival have been trademarking different things. They recently trademarked a couple more, and we talked about them, like No Flips, Just Fists, and 
Shatter Machine and Say Yeah and Top Guys and whatever. Well, WWE is fighting back a little bit. They filed a trademark for Just Flips, uh, No Fists or whatever, like the, the same thing, like they're kind of like disputing that. But they also filed a trademark for the mechanics. And yeah. at face value, a lot of people might not realize that that's connected to it. It's because before they were the revival, Dawson and Wilder went by the name The Mechanics. One of those yeah. dumb names that didn't really work out all that well. And I remember like speculating when The Revival was trademarked. And I was like, well, what's The Revival going to be? Is that going to be a new WWE Network show or, you know, whatever? It's probably on the hot tags here somewhere. And then it ended up being like, oh, you're replacing the mechanics with the revival. It, I don't really like that name either, but at least it might be a little bit better than the mechanics. I kind of don't see the point to a certain extent. To me, there's not a whole lot of like value to the name, the mechanics. I guess I can get it. Like, if you're WWE, you're going to want to try to keep everything you can, even if it's just like out of spite. But it is mostly out of spite. I can't imagine that they're like, we want to dust off the name, the mechanics, and we're going to name that, uh, I don't know, the Bali and Mendoza team, the mechanics, or we're going to pair up, uh, you know, two people from NXT UK and call them the mechanics, like pretty deadly. We're going to change them to mechanics or something. They're not going to use that name. Well, it is what it is. You know, WWE wants to play hardball. They can do that. I like the name of the mechanics. I think it's a cool name. I think it'd be a cool name if this was 1993 and there were two mechanics. <laughs> no, I don't mean like, you know, TL Hopper and fucking Bob Sparkplug Holly, the mechanics, you know, but like, that's a cool name. Uh, you mentioned trademarks, though. How do you feel about Cody saying in the media scrum, or not in the media scrum, but on AEW Unrestricted, that he kind of has been trademarking all that shit just to, you know, piss off WWE? Oh, he said that? I'll give you the exact quote from Transcribed by Jeremy Lambert of Fightful.com. It's a legal nightmare. This was AEW's first bash at the beach, and it also might be AEW's last. The WWE is not particularly happy about the trademarks I've acquired. Trademark law is actually basic. Everywhere but wrestling. Wrestling, there's this idea that if you buy something but let it lapse, it's still yours. The spoils of war. Wrestling legitimately had a war between WCW and WWE, and WWE actually won. The amount of bad fallout that came from that is so much larger than the good stuff. Does WWE do a good job as a custodian of history? Absolutely. The network has done well, and they do some stuff well. But there's been a lot of things that they didn't care for that they let lapse. Anything that was connected to my dad, I wanted to pick up. I don't know what what my grand play is here. I just wanted to pick it up to have for my family. I'm not making any money off of it. I think my grand scheme was I was going to get as many things to irritate them as possible. So they were just like, you can have Starcade. <laughs> Great American Bash and Starcade are 100% dusties. 
I'd rather have those than a hundred slamberries. Well, I mean, he just kind of exposed his gameplay. Then those are the They're two that are like, going after. Oh yeah. Oh, this year Starcade is going to be a four-day event, bitch. I mean, that they've already been using Starcade, so they're good with that. They haven't done Great American Bash in a while, but I wouldn't be shocked now if that's the case where they just in uh, July or something, they're just kind of like, you know what, actually, let's do a special. This one's Great American Bash. Because I, I think that I would if I were in their shoes. You know, I love Starcade. Never I, really been a big fan of the name. I love that name. I think that sounds so much cooler than TLC, Revolution, Blood and Guts, Cody, Blood and Guts. Like, I think Starcade sounds so fucking badass. And the Great American Bash, too. Like, that's cool. You know, it's July. Mm -hmm. It's America. Maybe uh, Cody can switch it. Just the Great America Bash. Um, we never, we, we kind of speculated on the, the blood and guts already, but that name is so bad. I just, I like the match beyond. I hate it so much. I I, I do. I like that name so much more than this is the blood and guts match. It's like, what are you doing? Sorry. I just, that, that really bothers me. I'm like. Well, we still know that the revival is more than likely going to AEW, and we are pretty sh- certain about another person too, because Matt Hardy is now officially a free agent. He's left WWE. He doesn't say whether or not he's going to AEW, partially because he's not the he's type of guy totally that would going just somewhere else first. I mean, that would make sense to me too. But even if he was just going straight to AEW, he's not going to say, "Hey, and I'll be at, you know on AEW Dynamite next week," or you know, that's just not how it's going to work. So. I think he's totally – I think he ends up everywhere but New Japan before settling down in AEW. I think he definitely hits up Ring of Honor because they need the boost. I think he definitely hits up uh, NWA. I think he hits up MLW. What a great promotion there, by the way. Um, I think he hits up – um impact because they kind of started that broken universe thing and here's the kicker though i'm not totally convinced he doesn't just go to nxt you think that he would play around with that idea that he's like i I left wwe and i'm going to nxt i think matt hardy will go wherever they let matt hardy control Matt Hardy. And I think if they're really in a bidding war, hey, Matt, come on down to NXT. Apply your broken stuff here. That way we keep you in-house and AEW doesn't get you. Haha, we win. Hmm. I mean, I... Let me put it this way. I think that WWE should try to keep Matt Hardy, but I also feel like Matt Hardy might be overestimating what his contributions can be in some ways. I disagree. Like, I 
I know that like the broken stuff is not the same as the woken stuff because it's just not. But I do feel like that's a little bit overplayed now at this point. And I don't think if he goes back to doing that, that it's going to be some massive, wonderful thing that he can just be like, you know, you're, you're skipping out on a WrestleMania main event here or something like, I don't think that that's the case, but I do think that he's got a creative mind. And if he were to be able to apply that in some producer capacity or something, or some interesting feuds with some people like a feud with the Velveteen dream or a feud with, um, Alistair Black, Damian Priest, even or something, you know, like they could probably get around to do that kind of stuff. But I don't think that that's where he expects that to go. I think that he really is so invested in this that he thinks that it could be the headline act still. And it's been a bunch of years I, at this point. I don't know. I think WWE has proven as much as they say, well, we make movies, pal. They're not good with content that doesn't involve a wrestling ring. The Firefly Funhouse is great, right? The one time they had somebody invade the Funhouse, it went nowhere. The Woken Universe, they couldn't get it. They're not good with content that doesn't directly involve wrestling. Well, so I don't know if not even the wrestling happen. stuff either. <laughs> well, when it's done right, it's done really right. And we'll talk about that when we get to Raw. But I don't know. I don't know if it's a good fit for Hardy. I just think they should try to keep Hardy. And like, I don't blame Matt. Matt with the broken shit was the hottest thing in 2016. When they went back to WWE, they were legit the hottest act outside of WWE. And then they signed them up, and it was like, okay, you're the Hardy Boys, and you're a tag team. The end. You didn't do anything with them. I'd be pissed too. Well, that's also partially not WWE's fault. I mean, yeah. Yeah, some of it lies on Jeff. Yeah. And but. when they when they stopped having like when Jeff had gotten into um or gotten out of the ring for a little bit the first time around, they gave Matt the option of doing the whole woken stuff and it's neutered and there's problems with that, but at the same time, it didn't go over all that well. And I kind of feel like if it would have been great enough it would have gone on long enough and they would have been able to open more up to it. Like the new day, for instance, the new day started off and there were problems, but they ended up doing stuff that was good enough that they continued to do more and more and more. Whereas the woken stuff just felt like it was a lame retread of what had happened before. It didn't get over all that well. And at a certain point you got to kind of cut your losses. And I, I don't blame WWE for not wanting to be more invested in that for another whole two, three years or something, you know? Do you think that they should have... You think Matt Hardy has ideas for Matt Hardy outside of a broken universe? Like, you think... No, that's the problem, I think. I I feel like it was good. But I feel like... You know how certain things have shelf lives? Like, you can look at a meme and go, oh, that was so 2018. Mm -hmm. Like, I look at the Broken Universe, and I'm like, it's good, 
But that's so 2016. You know? That's why I don't think that if he were to come into AEW and they'd make him the exalted one, and if he would just do like the broken Matt Hardy thing is the leader of the Dark Order, I don't think it's going to go over all that well. I think, see, here's where you have that extra man on the field in the audience. I think they'll love it so much that they'll be able to revitalize that character. Because they'll love the fact that Matt Hardy is outside of WWE. Because let's be real, there is a contingent of the audience, not the entire audience. There's a contingent of the audience that just wants to see anybody not in WWE. You know? Yeah, there's an anti-WWE crowd for sure. And I think if Matt is the exalted one... More importantly, coming from where he's coming from, if they're allowed to tell that story of, like, you know, the Dark Order is for losers, Matt was a loser. You know, Matt is coming off of a Jother run, basically. Let tell that story. But before he does, I think he totally goes to NWA and RH. If not, also Impact and MLW. Now, that would be a really odd thing for me uh, if, I mean, I don't watch NWA Power anymore, but if, like, on Power, Broken Matt Hardy popped up, because that would just seem so strange. Why? It just seems like they are more, maybe they changed in the meantime since I've not been watching it, but it's like, to me, it was just like, this one's, uh, like, Bill Williams, and he's wearing some like generic trunks and he comes out and he just wipes his feet on the mat and just is like yeah i'm from alabama or you know like that kind of thing that's what men do yeah we're real men here we want to beat that point in you a hundred times no but i think matt hardy plays into goofiness of like the oh it's the 80s and it's retro and it's goofy where would you want to see him go? If you could only pick one area. Like say he's just, he signs a contract with, I don't know, CMLL for the next three years. That kind of thing. Can't does go anywhere. To, does he have to be broken or can he be whatever I want him to be? Whatever you think that he's going to be. Not that you want him because you can't force him, but do you think he's going to be just broken? Do you think he's going to do some other stuff? Like, because I don't I, think he's going to do anything crazier. I think he's just going to go back to broken. I think he's going to be broken, and in that case, I'd rather him in all lead. But I uh, there's the part of me that also wants to see him in Ring of Honor because Ring of Honor needs something. Hmm. They need something, anything. I keep thinking no matter where he would go, partially because, and I'll admit this, uh, it's partial bias just because I don't watch uh, like ROH or, uh, or Impact or whatever. But part of me just thinks, you know what? I can't imagine that any of that stuff's going to be so good that I'll look on that and go, oh, great that we got that instead of just another Hardy Boys thing. And part of me just wants him to just stick with the Hardy Boys and just end his career like that. Yeah, I was going to say that, but then I, I I envisioned Callum coming on the show on Wednesday and being like, why do you guys always have to stick up for WWE? <laughs> so I wanted to just give give an outside option. 
But yeah, in that scenario, it's almost more so not me sticking up for WWE. It's more so me just liking the Hardy Boys and not having had enough of it, you know. And I, I like the fact that Jeff is there means that he would like if they split, then obviously they can't do that because both of them have to be in the same company for that to be the case. But like, I just don't like overall. I don't value the broken thing in 2020 as much as I would value Hardy Boys versus the Usos. Jeff is on backstage, right? Uh, what if, yeah, tonight. What if the switch is like, ha ah, the Hardy Boys are in the Hall of Fame. That's not going anywhere. Ha ha. Like, was that when they're supposed to announce another Hall of Fame thing? Yeah, they're going to announce it on backstage. You got to pick one or the other, backstage or the bump. Which one are you keeping and which one are you getting rid of? Sophie's choice. It's Mark's choice. That's what we call it. <laughs> I'm getting rid of backstage. Furthermore, to me, I'd be like, I don't really like these kids. <laughs> furthermore, I'm getting rid of backstage, and I'm putting Renee on the bump. If you could, you know, to go to the unusual thing. If you could merge these, then I think you got a, you got one good show out of these two. Yeah, like I like Renee. I think Renee is good at that role. I like. The bump in theory. I don't like having to watch a show at 11 o'clock at night on Tuesday, nor do I like having to tune into a YouTube show at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday. To me, I almost feel like if you could get the, um, the people sitting down and talking like they do on backstage and none of the other shit, like I don't find the celebrity promo thing funny and they waste so much time on that i've never once liked the whole we're going to talk back to these comment things and we're all going to go oh the whole time i think that that's so cringy uh i don't get the satin sheet where he pops up once every three weeks and goes this person signed a new contract and then they go all right fuck off ryan it's just like what the hell Why yeah like they that? haven't like, let him do anything else with the satin sheet like, yeah it's just contract signings and that's it well at that point yeah like let him be like yo there's heat between mm-hmm. like uh triple h and cody you know whatever the fuck yeah just like to, to have him report things that he would report the way that he would as a reporter, you know, just that kind of thing. The but way like, that he does, like, it's not because people want to show him sad, but it's not like he's stopped being a decent reporter. Right, yeah. He has more to offer than what they let him do, and that's disappointing. And I just don't care about when they were like, this guy is a basketball player, and he's a big fan of WWE, and we can have him here, and it's he's like, oh, this is great, I love WWE, and I don't care, you know? And the same thing with the bump, like, I dig some stuff on the bump when they're like, I've been actually enjoying this um, uh, trivia contest that they've been doing. Uh, I'm trying to answer the questions myself. I'm getting, you know, a good portion of them wrong, but it is kind of fun to see like the trivia thing. And I enjoy when they do like, I'm going to have fun most likely on this week where Sasha Banks is going to be on there and Ryan Popola is going to go crazy. That's probably going to be fun. Am I, is that me? Like, Oh, you're totally Ryan Popola. Uh, <laughs> like if there if there was anybody on that show that you would have like a kindred spirit in, it, he'd be your spirit animal kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I, I like wrestling guys. 
What's so annoying to me about it is if I look at that and I go, who would I be? I'm like, I'd probably be Volmeyer, and I don't like Volmeyer. <laughs> Which one is Caleb? Uh, probably more of like a Matt Camp, I guess. But yeah, I'm just sort of like, yeah, Volmeyer's kind of a dick, and I'm like, ah, I'm the dick, aren't I? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and I'm pulling up, just like they're perpetually happy. You're just like, this is like, gonna be the best. <laughs> wrestling's so fucking cool, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know about if they do some kind of an announcement with it. It's weird that they're ha- that they have Jeff on there, and maybe their game plan is just to sort of offset Matt. Like, oh, Matt's gonna have his contract expire, and we're gonna have Jeff on there, and Jeff's gonna be all like, you know, hey guys, like I'm coming back and. You know, I'm going to be back in the ring pretty soon or something. So that way the story becomes less about Matt and becomes more about get ready for Jeff Hardy to return. Like, maybe that's their angle. The only other thing I can think about is Christian. Maybe this is where they go. Yeah, Christian, you're finally in the whole thing. There was the rumor about JBL, but he's not got anything going on with that. Although they did put something up on WWE.com recently, like a week and a half ago or something, or maybe this week. I don't know. My my dates are all messed up. Uh, throwing off that super showdown in the middle of the week threw me off, and you got an extra day in February and whatever. But um, they did put something up about like great moments from JBL or something on the video side the other day. So I mean, it might add a little bit more smoke to that fire. But now you missed. Ah, never mind. I want to get into all the JBL discussion, but we'll save it for later. Oh, it's uh, we'll do a quick one. Why not? Uh, you missed the whole JBL thing, right? Like the transition to JBL. So you got back into wrestling, and you're like, "Why is Bradshaw? Uh huh. <laughs> like, why is he a former champion and taken seriously?" And yeah, I was very much like, "Wait, that's fucking Blackjack Bradshaw." It's <laughs> just, huh? Nice. Oh, uh, it's funny. Where do why do they call him John Bradshaw Layfield? Isn't he Justin Hawk Bradshaw? Like that kind of thing. Again, it's one of those things. Real names. Yeah. But I guess we'll figure out the backstage stuff tomorrow, since that's when it airs. That's kind of the whole point. And we'll see what happens with Matt Hardy when it happens. I still think that he's probably gonna lean more towards AEW just because why wouldn't he? You know, it's the big company that's out there now. They probably have more uh, money to go around. It's where the momentum is. But I just kind of, I'm not, I'm not excited for it. That's the problem. And there's a lot of people that I'm sure are just like big Matt Hardy fans. We're just interested in him trying something different. And there is value to that too, by the way. I don't want anybody to think that I'm like, everything's got to stay the same. And so he could do some great stuff in whatever company he goes to. I just don't think it's going to happen. And if couple months from now, we're looking back at this and we're going, oh, he's he's doing the broken thing in ROH and it's just that again. I'm going to be like, I should have just stayed. Man, that would have been so much better off of WrestleMania if we would have gotten the Usos versus the New Day versus the Hardy Boys. Man, that would have been so much better and all that. But we'll figure that out. We do have one more hot tag to talk about. We've been doing this quite a bit lately. I think it's working pretty well. Reviewing the episode of Monday Night Raw that just ended. Ayo. And actually, there's uh, some stuff to sink your teeth into on this one. So strap yourselves in there. Let's talk at the beginning of this with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman having a promo about how 
they, quote unquote, the same people who tell you lots of different things, you know, they say that the egg whites are the ones that you should eat, not the yolks. And then they say that that's not the case. And they say you shouldn't drink milk. And they say that this kind of bleach thing will poison your whole household and whatever it is. They also are trying to sell everybody on Drew McIntyre, but it's a fraudulent thing because McIntyre is hyped up for no reason. He's somebody who just got lucky at Roy Rumble and everybody that believes in it, they're going to be disappointed, et cetera, et cetera. McIntyre comes out. They don't really share much more than a couple moments together. Lesnar charges him. McIntyre nails him with a claymore. Lesnar sells it a lot. Goes back up the ramp. McIntyre comes back out and says, ah, F you, here's another Claymore. And then hits him with another Claymore. Overall, I'm a fan of it. It's different. And I, my big fear is that we get in the ring and it's not anything more than F5 attempt. No, Claymore attempt. No, F5 connects. Kick out, Claymore connects, kick. Like, I want Brock to have a good match because I think he's capable of it with McIntyre. I am. Oh, go ahead. Keep going. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I've already seen this online a lot. I, this is an exact quote. We're witnessing the Roman Reignsification of Drew McIntyre. And I'm like, Fuck you. You know, like, they can't push anybody without you immediately turning your back on them. Right. The problem with Roman Reigns, more than anything, I think, was when they started to try to make him John Cena. Like, the suffering succotash thing. Because that was like, that's not Roman. And they haven't done that with McIntyre. He's going out there and just wanting to beat this guy up and win a title. It's just that he's happy. Like, fuck you, people can't be happy. No, the problem is they can't be pushed to the main event. Because <laughs> if they so, would be pushing him towards the United States title match, these same people would be like, how come he isn't fighting for the world title? Oh my god, it's such a waste of mid-cards. Uh, you know, people just want to be contrarian for the sake of it. It's so disheartening, and that's why they, they end up not giving a fuck, and they have Brock Lesnar's shit on Ricochet. Because you're not happy either way. What I would like to see them do is play into somebody like me who has fears of Brock Lesnar retaining. And I'd like to see something like the match starts off, McIntyre hits a Claymore and gets a two count. And then you go through the whole rest of the match and it's like, oh crap, like he already hit the Claymore at the beginning of this, what's going on? And I'd like them to have an actual match match, because it's been a while since Lesnar really did that, but midway through the match, McIntyre hits a Claymore, two count. That way you can get those moments where go people go, well, Lesnar matches are quick. Oh, okay, this must be the end, because he hit the, oh fuck, he didn't, oh god, oh god, that means that Lesnar's going to retain, that kind of thing. And then, of course, you got to pull the trigger and have McIntyre win. But like, I'm not convinced that he does. I'm not either. I think that they're foolish if they don't go with that. But they've proven themselves to be more than foolish in the past. So if they keep setting him up as being somebody who can beat Lesnar, 
the more and more I'm going to be 50-50 about it because at that point I'm going to go, well, are they doing that because they want people to think that he's going to win and they're going to go, ha ha, we got you. Or are they doing that because people like me are looking at that thinking that they're going to do that and then they're going to go, well, we told you he was going to win. You know, it's like like that kind of quadruple reverse psychology type of thing where it's like, I know that you know that I know that you know that I know that you know. And you're like, I lost track already. God damn it. You know? <laughs> You know the thing. Here's the thing. What does it boil down to? What does it boil down to? It's one of those I, situations. I'll, I'll tell you what, for me, like, it boils down to, I like Drew McIntyre. I like Brock Lesnar. I want, I want worker Brock Lesnar one more time. Yeah. Just it's, one more time. Especially after seeing that ruthless aggression thing where he's not the same type of performer as he was. And that's in good part just because WWE books him that way they're just like no we want you to just do these moves and haha troll whatever kind of thing but like I come on you're wasting the uh, the ability to have one of those matches do it do it for real have a real 10 15 minute long match match instead of just a series of attempts at yeah so I don't know what to think about this. For this segment in a bubble, I liked it. But if they do this again, especially if they do it like two or three more times, I'm going to get really nervous about WrestleMania with that. Well, we don't usually... I want to take a detour real quick here. Can we talk about the two matches that were made on SmackDown? Roman Reigns and Goldberg and John Cena and The Fiend. Go back and talk about that? Yeah, why not? Uh, it was stupid. And that's not even to say that I don't like the matches. I just, the idea that Roman Reigns is just like, I'm next. And they're just like, hey, guess what? It's official. He's next. WrestleMania, Roman Goldberg. And then John Cena cuts a great promo. And he's like, I'm not going to be a mania. And then the fiend doesn't even attack him. He just kind of points to the side like a doofus. And John Cena's like, yeah. Even though I just said I don't want a match, I'm going to fight you. It was weird. Am I wrong? Well, here's the subtext that they didn't tell you. Backstage, they held a match. And it was a dibs match. So Roman Reigns won, and he's like, all right, dibs. I got Goldberg. They just didn't show it to you. The same as they didn't show you that Rusev and Bobby Lashley brawl that happened at Royal Rumble. These things are just happening. They're just not pointing it out. And yeah. Roman Reigns uh, has his match with Goldberg and John Cena was there. And he's like, I don't think that I should have a match. And Bray Wyatt points. But even though the match got booked, he wasn't pointing saying, I want to have a match with you at WrestleMania. He was just pointing. And John Cena was like, yep, that's a sign. <laughs> and then they're ah. like, oh, you know. So that's gonna be the story. Obviously, that's fucking stupid. Come on, but yeah, uh, I don't, I don't hate these things, but I don't love them either. The thing that bugs me more than anything else isn't so much that they just announced these, but it's the way that they went about doing it, and it's it bugs me. And we'll talk about this a little bit more when we talk about our elimination chamber predictions. But it infuriates me when a company that has the ability to plan things out in advance doesn't. And I can understand when certain things happen where, like, somebody gets injured. Okay, you got to figure out another way to get around things. Totally understand 
that's just an issue that you don't plan for. Nobody's going to plan for that. But if you can plan for something, why announce ahead of time this whole like, you know, we're going to have this elimination chamber thing. And then we're going to announce that Seamus is in it, which we didn't announce ahead of time. And then we're just going to go, nah, never mind, not going to have a match. Don't have Seamus cut a promo saying that he's going to be in the Elimination Chamber if you are not certain that that's going to happen. You know? Right. And it's not like they couldn't have done it still. Raymond Reigns could have won an Elimination Chamber. It's more than fine. They didn't run into a situation where they ran out of people and they didn't have enough spots for it or whatever. They didn't run into a situation where like the chamber couldn't be set up and they needed to change the pay-per-view. They just decided that they wanted to cut to the chase and they did. They probably did the same thing with the Lacey Evans thing. I'm in the elimination chamber match. And then they're like, no, you're not. Well then why'd you write the promo? You know, like, well, you don't know that yet. They might announce one on Friday. They might, but they already have two of them. I'm kind of assuming Thanks. that they're not going to have a third. But the uh, the weird scenarios like that, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm also not interested in seeing John Cena versus Bray Wyatt to begin with, just because I already saw it at WrestleMania in the past. So This strikes me as last second. Part of me thinks that John Cena had a plan... Or maybe he wasn't even going to be involved. And they got wind of like, hey, we got Goldberg. Put the belt on him. Well, what about Roman and The Fiend? Roman and Goldberg, it's a bigger draw. What about Bray Wyatt? Call John. Maybe the plan was that Elias thing. Maybe that's it. I kind of get the vibe that, like, there was no plan for John. Because I think if there was, it would have been belt number 17. And I think the Goldberg thing came out of nowhere. Because they had announced Fastlane. And then all of a sudden they're like, Saudi Arabia show on the 27th. And then all of a sudden they're like, Goldberg's going to pick an opponent. And we're thinking, clearly it's Baron Corbin, right? And they're like, no, he's going to fight for the Universal title. And now he won. I think it was just all one, two, three, not really thinking. You know, it was just, let's make stars. Like, let's, let's put our money in our legends again. And, like, I get it. Bill Goldberg is over as fuck, right? John Cena came back over. Like, I haven't heard Cena get cheered like this in years. But I just get sad because I'm like, eventually, guys, you got to have stomping grounds. And people aren't going to care. So either go back to a four pay-per-view system or start making stars out of your everyday guys. I feel like uh, Elimination Chamber is going to be one of those events when we talk about it later on this week. If we get any extra matches other than the ones that we got tonight, it's going to be 
it's going to be kind of strange to address certain situations. And once we leave Elimination Chamber, there's going to be a lot of like, oh, that was a waste, and this was whatever, and that was a foregone conclusion, and that was thing, whatever, and let's just see if they don't screw up the next couple of weeks. And that maybe, maybe we get that feeling of that WrestleMania thing, but I'm still quite not feeling that in some ways. So I don't know. Right. Um, one of the things we got that was an adjustment on Raw tonight that we've been talking about here and there was that we had brand new tag team champions for Raw. The Street Profits had a now or never match. It's what they were classifying it as, which I, I, I love it. I don't mind that they did that. Like, I think that that could be something that they go with for the future. And they beat Rollins and Murphy by pinfall uh, with a little bit of help from Kevin Owens, which is, if I remember correctly, about a week or so ago, exactly what Callum had said. Yep. He uh, said they won't make it out of uh, Saudi Arabia's chips, but as soon as Kevin Owens is able to interfere, they will. And yeah, good on Callum. And post-match, Rollins says, I demand that we have a rematch for the titles because, you know, the rematch well, whatever happened thing. that you don't have rematches. Right. And he says that Kevin Owens, when he gets his hands on him, he'll crucify him. And it doesn't matter the place or the time or any of that kind of stuff. But Owens can even pick the stipulation. He used that phrasing, which makes me think, okay, well, their match at WrestleMania has to have a stipulation at this point. I mean, it's not has to in the sense that somebody's got a gun to their head or something, but it's like, if you don't do that, my God, are you stupid? Because that match on its own is not as interesting as if it had a gimmick to it. And if you're flat out saying, pick a stipulation for it, you you gotta go with it or else it's just like, dude, come on, you know? Right. So that makes me wonder, what stipulation can they do? You know, I'm assuming that the uh, Randy Orton and Edge thing is no holds barred, or some variation of that. And if they just go with the same thing, they just call it something stupid, like, I don't know, the, uh, the Savior Smash match, or the whatever, then who cares about that too? I, I know that, like, one of them would probably be, uh, your guys can't interfere. They're barred from one side. But I do hope they got, like, a stipulation, like a cage or something. Just because it's, it's mania and they deserve something really good. They've been fighting for four months. It needs to end proper. I don't know what they're doing with the raw tag team title situation for sure, obviously, but we've talked about this quite a bit. Now it seems we're leaning in this direction. AOP versus street profits, potentially versus Viking Raiders versus the OC. Yep. <laughs> Just the standard, uh, throw a bunch of tag teams together. Fatal four way type nonsense, you know, that's your WrestleMania match. And if that's the case, pre-show. Pre-show then. Now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we followed that with something that again I was just like wait what Ricochet comes out and then it turns out that Rick Moss was in the ring the whole time and that that's going to be the 24-7 championship match 
They had announced ahead of time Riddick Moss was going to defend the title, but they announced it that way. Riddick Moss will defend the 24-7 championship. Nothing about Ricochet. And I'm sitting there thinking, Ricochet's in the ring with, oh wait, there's somebody in the ring. Who would he be fighting that they wouldn't give a, uh, like a, a, an announcement, uh, entrance for? Couldn't think of the word. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe Eric Young? I'm like, no, Eric Young was the main event. Oh, what kind of jobbers do they have on there? And when, as soon as they showed that the referee's holding the title, I'm like, what? Really? Okay, well, he's just going to win the 24-7 championship. And he fucking loses. Riddick Moss beats Ricochet by pinfall. Holy shit. I had said before that they were going to take this idea of Ricochet struggling to beat the OC and leading up to Lesnar where they were just brushing him aside and he just got his ass whooped and whatever. I'm like, they're going to follow it up with him losing. But I figured he'd lose to like Andrade or, you know, somebody like that. I did not think at all they would sacrifice him to uh, Riddick Moss. Yeah, Ricochet's having the worst week ever. He gets literally squashed by Brock Lesnar in like sub two minutes. And now even Riddick Moss is beating him. Not a great look. Where do you think they're going with this? Is this just something where they're just like, I don't know, have Ricochet lose to him because we are down on Ricochet? Is it like that we really want to put up Riddick Moss, so he could beat Ricochet too on his downswing, or I can't look at this and figure out what a game plan could have been that would make sense to me. Well, it appears it almost seems like they're giving Riddick Moss a give back for being in the performance center for all those years, but it seems like he is a focus point star. Very strange to me. Uh, Styles cut a whole big promo. He's basically just reiterating the fact that, like, hey, I lost at Super Showdown, and I'm gonna fight the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Stay tuned for that, everybody. That kind of thing. Um, Alistair Black was scheduled to fight him, and he does one of those like typical old heel moves, which I like, where he says, "Well, you signed a contract that actually says that you have to beat Carl Anderson before you get to me." So Black beats Carl Anderson, and he goes, "I forgot that you also at that point have to fight Luke Gallows." Luke Gallows loses by disqualification. So then Styles disappoints fighting an Aleister Black that's already fought two people. So Styles wins. And he does so in a way where he uses the Undertaker's cover, the whole like folding the hands and doing the tongue sticking out and whatever like that, which I liked. And I know some people are going to dislike this because they don't think that Aleister Black should lose anything. But I don't think that that's going to hurt him. He fought two members of the OC and lost to AJ Styles. You know, it's not like he lost to uh, Epico. Do you think he gets in that Undertaker match of Mania? No. Yeah, me neither. They did announce ahead of time, though, or at least afterward or so, that um, there is a no disqualification match happening at Elimination Chamber. So we'll talk about that when we get to our predictions later this week. But Black and Styles could have been a bigger feud, and I'm hoping that this doesn't dry out the well to where when they try to go back to it again that it doesn't seem like oh, we've already been that down that whole path you know right do you think that in their minds they're like yeah but Aleister Black still looks strong yeah because I think that he pretty much does I mean he's taken I one he loss I think in the entire time that he's been on the main roster and it was a tag team match that he didn't get pinned 
and now he loses this to a multi-time champion, future Hall of Famer, who is his third opponent. And even though the OC doesn't look all that strong, you can argue they're Raw Tag Team Champions, they won the Cup, you know, that kind of thing. So he beat two people, and then he lost to a, a Hall of Famer. It's okay. Which is totally fine. Yeah. Not, Not everybody can win every match. happened to AJ in Saudi Arabia. I mean, AJ loses to The Undertaker. You give him a win to balance it out. That's That makes sense, too. You know, I get it. I still kind of think that maybe Aleister Black isn't the right guy for this spot. Mr. Black. Maybe this would have been a better thing for Ricochet. No, Aleister Black fits the Undertaker role better. Well, that's if they play into that. I don't feel like they're really playing into the whole, like, they're, those two are in that dark spectrum. And I kind of feel like the Riddick Moss thing, you could have sacrificed that whole match, or you could have just had him beat, uh, I don't know, um, Zack Ryder or something. And if Ricochet, because Ricochet was against Gallows and Anderson recently, I kind of feel like AJ should have been beating Ricochet instead or something. Or at least, you know, scrape by on the skin of his teeth. They already buried the lead. We know The Undertaker can handle both of the good brothers pretty easily. Ultimately, I don't think that people are going to care too much. I think they're just going to look at that as like, Styles and Taker are cool. Especially like the casuals. They're not going to have watched any of that. And Black, you know, he's 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 fine. Anybody that thinks that he's buried, he's not buried. It's fine. They made a pretty interesting segment here. Not the best segment by far, but it was interesting. Where Liv Morgan was against Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan was the special guest referee. And Riot inadvertently hits Logan at one point. Logan gets upset about that. She does a fast count for Morgan, so Morgan beats Riot by pinfall, and then Logan attacks Morgan after the match too. But this was one of those things that was interesting to me because it feels like the three of them think they're having an epic feud and they're not. So I feel bad for them, but I still was interested. It's very strange. Like I don't want to see more of this, but I don't know. There's something about it. That's a little intriguing to me too. Well, Everybody likes things that aren't easy on the eyes. But I kind of feel like Black, you know, he's a guy who, we talk about the NXT system, we talk about Ciampa, we talk about Gargano. I feel like he was right there. He was in halftime heat. He did all that shit. <laughs> Where are you going with this? He should have been right there with him. So now you have He should have been right off. there with Morgan and Riot? Oh, fuck. <laughs> you just had a complete brain fart moment, didn't you? <laughs> I was still... I'm building up black and, like... You're on <laughs> Morgan and Riot. Okay, let me finish with that on black. Because now I'm on thing. <laughs> Alright. So, I feel like he really should be doing a lot more than just... Jumping out to AJ and maybe being in take a sidekick at Mania. On to Logan, Riot, and Morgan. I didn't think they were going to go here with this. 
they, these three are intertwined, right? We know that. And they've totally shit the bed on Morgan's return. Because she came back as Lana's mystery lover and they just didn't go anywhere. But now we kind of see that Logan's a baby face with Morgan. No, Logan's really, not a, Logan's definitely not baby face. Didn't she fuck over Riot? Yeah, but she attacked uh, Morgan right afterward, too. Oh. So. She's, she's playing She's playing the tweener-ish so kind of role. like, I'm out for myself. All right. I, as I explained to you off camera, my spectra app was being funky tonight. So I only saw the clips they put out on Twitter. Hmm. If they're going to have her be the lone wolf, you know, fine. If anybody really thinks Sarah Logan's going to matter the day after Chamber outside of the <laughs> WrestleMania Battle Royale. Her role in the Chamber is to get eliminated. I mean, everybody is at this point, but still. like I mean, Everybody's jobbing out to Shayna. But Logan is there to job out to possibly Morgan. Then we had an even weirder thing. Backstage, No Way Jose and his conga line are dancing okay, around. All right. And they bump into Eric Rowan. And No Way Jose just says, Hey, can I please see what's in that? And, and he Rowan, says, Rowan goes, I've been waiting for weeks <laughs> for somebody to say this. Mind you, Mojo Rawley already did this. So you're just supposed to not remember that, you know? They did the exact same conversation, not not literally verbatim, but it was like, hey, can you just show me? Oh, you're being nice. I've been waiting for somebody to just ask. It's the same thing. Same exact thing. Hold on. So, you know what this was, right? This is them writing off what's in the cage. Oh, 100%. Because what happens is he pulls out what was in the cage, and it's a giant quote-unquote spider that looks like a fucking rc car covered in it was a robot it's just stupid oh my god it's so stupid and it's exactly the type of crap that i was worried about how long have we been talking about this and how many times have i said i hope it's not just like a fucking rat or something and it's a it's even worse because it's not even a real one Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever spy like where do we go here? He's not Jake the Snake. I highly doubt he goes around carrying a spider now. And really, are they going to have this little drone thing be like somebody backstage is controlling it and then people could put it in the ring and be like, "Oh no, I'm worried about the drone thing that's not real." Like <laughs> go well, okay. on. All right, well hold on. That's kind of a cool use of modern technology. But this is like experiment number what eight with Rowan? They always try with him. He's been he was the Wyatt family, you know, the sheep of the Wyatt family. Then he was the Oh, I'm in Mensa and you don't know, but I'm actually a genius. And they put him back in the Wyatt family. Then the Bludgeon oh, Brothers. 
only to split him up again. And then they did that weird promo where he like killed something and he was carrying it around in a bag. I don't even remember that. And then uh, Bludgeon Brothers. And then it's like, all right, we're going to put with Brian as the heater. I still think that that was Lars Sullivan's role. And then he fucking tried to kill Roman Reigns. Like murder him twice. And then he's like, I got a pet. He's like, I got a spider. You want to see it? You can pet it. That's so dumb. I just, this was exactly what I was worried about. And like, yeah, if somebody put like that spider on my fucking face, I'd be freaked out. Of course. But the fact that there's that cage and these people are ringside and they're like, let me go see in the cage. And it's like, Oh, it's this big spider. And they're all like shrieking. Ah. Like it's the, they saw their, the, their dead parents heads in there or something like that. Like, it's a spider. Like, it's in a cage. I don't care how fucking big it is. It's in a cage. The whole point of the cage is that it's not going to break out of it. Spidey is spitting blood. No. Like, remember he spit blood? Well, that was supposed to be the... Uh, wait, did it spit the blood or did it just bite him? It bit the guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it bit the guy because it bit uh, Rowan's hand when he stuck his hand in there. Guy's name should have been Peter Parker. And, like... Like you said, it's like, this isn't Jake the Snake. And you're not in an era where you can do this fake little toy thing and have people not know that that's a little robot. I thought this was so dumb. And I agree. If this is the way that they wrote it out, they would have been better off just not showing it anymore. You know? Just... He just doesn't carry the cage. I, I, I'll say this. I appreciate the fact that they played it off well. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they had continuity. They bothered to finish him. Unlike the Liv Morgan Lana thing. Which they never bothered to explain. But I... This isn't going to go anywhere. At this point... I almost feel like they need to go so far over the top for it to be more interesting. Like make it to where he starts trying to be a spider. Like he's obsessed with spiders now. And he's like, you know, I want to try to do these moves that makes it seem like I'm like a living spider and give him a fucking stupid outfit for it. And whatever, just to kind of make it seem like, Oh, Rowan's crazy. He's like a spider guy. Spider. Yeah, some kind of bullshit like that. At least then I could laugh at it. With this, I'm just sort of like, damn it, this isn't good. You know? And I hope that they know that it's not, and that they don't think that this is like... I hope that the spider... It's a spider! Is it's so good! Like, everybody's gonna be so invested in the spider, you know? I hope that its name is Luke. Why Luke? Or Harper. Oh. <laughs> Brody. Brody the spider. No, just like... Let's just go all the way with it. Like, have it be some kind of reference to the fact that Harper isn't there anymore. Put uh, WrestleMania 36, the spider against Mitch the plant. <laughs> I, I'm mad they didn't bring back the plant for Revolution. Should have just brought back any plant. They're like, oh, fuck, it's Mitch's cousin. <laughs> 
Uh, we had Shayna Baszler beat Kyrie Sane by submission. Not much going on here. Becky Lynch was ringside. Bad. Like yeah. she was all excited to fight Asuka. You know? Oh, my voice cracked there. She was all excited to fight Asuka, and that didn't happen. Is that a legit injury, though? Yeah, it has to be. I don't think it is. Has to be, because they wouldn't just be like, all right, here we go. Shayna Asuka. I feel like they Never did that mind. on purpose. Really? I actually, yeah, I actually think that they realized late in the game, they were like, well, why would we have her beat Asuka before the Elimination Chamber if we've got Kyrie that we can beat? And I think that that's their excuse to try to make it up for it. Well, if it, if it is a legit injury, have they have either of the Kabuki Warriors just been healthy at the same time? Doesn't seem like, like it. Maybe like at the beginning of it when they had Paige and it was just a waste. But then at that point, Kim Page wasn't, so I guess she was part of the group, you know? Yeah. So I think I can't wait to see what they do at Mania with the girls' tag titles because, you know, they deserve to be defended. And they will be because it's it's, uh, it's Mania and you're not going to not defend all your belts. But well, for now, Kyrie was fed to Shayna. I mean, I'm that I could not give a shit about a hundred times ago, and they're still just doing it. It's Rey Mysterio and Carrillo against Andrade and Garza. Carrillo and Mysterio win, and later on they just announced, hey, look at this, we're getting fucking Carrillo versus Andrade again. Hold on. I liked one thing about this match. Can you guess what it was? No, because I actually didn't even watch the match. Andrade and Garza bothered to be color-coordinated. Huh. They're a fucking tag team. Yeah, I legitimately just did not watch this match. I spent that whole time just looking up stuff like the KFC donut chicken sandwich thing. That looks so good. Like I, you know what, fat American, I guess, but <laughs> good. I told you in a chat when we were when I was doing that, I was just like, my reaction was just, oh god, Americans are so fat, and I want one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But this match is good. It's look at the talent in the ring, and there's three great names in Korea. You're not gonna miss. Yeah, you're gonna miss that uh, elimination chamber when we get Korea versus Andrade for the 900th time in the past I year. Do, so. I hope that that fatal four way actually happens because that might be fun. Mm, I I would rather the United States title not even be defended at this point. I, I'm so beyond sick and tired of seeing these guys against each other. I, I think you just want to see Umberto Carrillo as champion. God, if they do that in particular... Uh, Still better than Cain Velasquez winning anything. Fuck it. Have Cain Velasquez win the United States title. I'd be more into that than Carrillo winning it at this point. At least that would be a different match, you know? Yeah, no thanks. I'd still rather Carrillo. I hated this whole... Uh, I'm sick and tired of it. I I think that uh, it's odd for me to say that like I need the Brock Lesnar rule of this, but I'm so sick and tired of seeing this Carrillo and Andrade and Garza and Mysterio thing. And I like Andrade a lot, and I, I'm a big, big fan of Garza, and I think Mysterio's doing some of his best stuff. I just don't get into the Carrillo thing. And even if I was just to ignore the Carrillo stuff... I want to see Mysterio against these guys again. And I'm like, it's just, 
how many fucking times can you do the same match? You know, I, I'm a big, big fan of garlic bread, but I'm going to eat it every fucking night. You know, <laughs> it's just, you know what? There are many ways one can eat garlic bread. Just like there are many ways one can watch Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo, but they haven't played with it. Well, I only know how how to eat garlic bread with my mouth, and I only know how to watch this mouth with my eyes. Or watch this mouth with my eyes. Uh, I fucked all of that. (laughs) Oh, well, while you're watching your mouth with your eyes. Listen, I can only hear with my foot, and uh, 15 is 37. (laughs) I don't know. I mean... Look, you could have done no DQs, two or three falls. Like, there are many different ways to do a match. But this is the antithesis of Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins because they just refuse to do that match at all. Whereas they keep doing the same match with these two over and over again. I think this would be better served two out of three falls. I think it'd be better served not even happening. I don't want to see two out of three falls. I'm sick of all these falls and whatever. But at least our main event, which wasn't a match, was a segment that was pretty interesting. It was Beth Phoenix giving a medical update on Edge. And Randy Orton came out pretty quickly on, interrupted her, and they had a little verbal sparring session for a little bit there, talking about some things about the idea of, like, uh, in particular, Randy Orton stood out because it was mostly his promo. Saying, long story short, the reason he did what he did to Edge was in friendship. That what he did was when Edge got to a point where he was helping out Randy Orton in his career and he was making sure that Orton wasn't making any more mistakes. And, you know, Orton's talked about this whole, like, I kept digging a hole and you lifted me out of it, that kind of thing. They brought that back and he drew the illusion that, hey, Edge saved my life. So I wanted to save Edge's life in return. And it's only a matter of time before Edge gets put in a wheelchair by somebody like me who wants to make a name for themselves. So before that happens, I'm going to take Edge out. So that way that it's not as bad and he can just not wrestle anymore the way that he should. And then he can continue to be a husband and a wife, a husband and a wife, a husband, (laughs) a husband and a father to their two little girls. And he twists the knife even more by going, and Beth, you're an enabler and you were telling him that he could do this stuff and whatever. And I love edge and your daughters more than you do. And I'm like, I fucking love this. So already, this is the only thing I've written down so far as my favorite story of the year. Let's remove all fucking hate and doubt and whatever the fuck else. Randy Orton, when Randy Orton is motivated, Randy Orton's gold. He's gold. This has been so good. I have not hated a single segment of this. They killed Matt Hardy twice, and it was better the second time. Like... This has been so much fun. And then you move forward. Beth slaps Randy. Randy, like, sells it. Chucks the microphone angrily. Throws the fucking microphone. 
stares at her for a good 30 seconds, and then just mouths the words, you bitch. She kicks him in the stomach, which is weird, and he solves it for about 0.5 milliseconds and pops back up with an RKO on Beth Phoenix. Making this, I want to say, the first intentional man-hits-woman since Undertaker, Tombstone, Vicky Guerrero, 12 years ago. Yeah, there was the whole, like, um, or actually, Baron Corbin uh, did that oh, right, to right, right. Becky. Baron Corbin and... did do the Becky. They eliminated the um Becky Lynch. They eliminated Nia Jax from the Royal Rumble. Right, but those they kind of that was in the confines of like Alright, well, we're in a match together. You know, all bets are off. This was Randy Orton being a fucking bastard, and I love it. And Orton with um Stephanie. Oh, so I'm wrong. <laughs> The the point is, it doesn't happen a lot, and Orton can do it and do it well because he's fucking Randy Orton, and he's in that greatest of all time conversation, as much as people don't want to admit it, he's there. I love this. I absolutely love this feud. This was the best part of the whole thing, other than the actual like Edge interactions so far. I thought that the storyline is just they could have gone in the generic direction of like I didn't want him to steal my spotlight or well now that he's back I'm worried that he's going to take my spot on the main roster or you know oh, I'm jealous of this they could have done that and they didn't and I appreciate that so much because this is infinitely better you know what though I still want a promo from Randy especially now with all the ruthless aggression stuff i want a promo from randy that says no or even if it's not to add even like to john or something no you don't get to come back i'm the only guy from our era that stayed you don't get to come back and take this from me i think there's money in a promo like that you know one element that i really want to see in this feud I don't think they're going to do it, but I really want them to do it. I want him at this point now that he's especially clarified that he's trying to put Edge out and kind of do it in like a merciful way. I kind of want him to go like, you know what? If an RKO and a concerto is not going to do it, I'll punt your ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're going to bring it back. That way you could have that part in the match where he's just like lining up that punt and you could see Edge being like all glossy eyed, and it would just be like, "Oh no, he's that gonna punt him!" And whatever, you know, punt, move, spear. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. That'd be awesome. It goes for that. He ends up kicking the turnbuckle, and they sell it as like, "Ah, fuck!" Like I hurt my knee, and then or my foot, and then spears him or something. I think that that's something that they should bring back. Because they only yeah. didn't do the punt thing anymore because they did the whole, like, Vicky Guerrero banned the punt kind of thing, but I can't no, imagine well, that that's any kind of... Punt because, like, they stopped... They couldn't do, oh, he storyline has a concussion when concussions became yeah. such a serious thing. 
But like they've banned moves and brought it back. They used to have it where you couldn't do a closed fist, you know? And yeah. It was like how many people I think about do that, that a lot. I think about that a lot. It like, never made you... any sense because people used the closed fist all the time. They just, you know. You couldn't even tape your fists. You know? Weird. But I love this feud. Absolutely love it. There's such a disparity between like the investment and the goal for like the Eric Rowan thing of just being like, we'll figure it out. And then at the couple weeks go by and then they're like, I don't know, giant spider, let's move on. And something like this where Edge and Orton and everybody, they had to have sat down well in advance of this and just was like, oh, yeah. what story do you want to tell with your comeback? Who do you want to work with? What do you want to do with this? And and they figured it out and they're doing the things that they should have done. Like who comes out to check up on Beth? Natalia, Hawkins, Ryder, the people that should be invested in there. Gregory Helms comes out. They've got history together, friends and stuff like that. Like it's not that it's like, I don't know, Cedric Alexander comes out to check up on Beth or uh, Drake Maverick comes out where there's no connection or, you know what I mean? Like, right. It would have been weird if they would have had those kind of people out there, but you got the Edgeheads Now, like I really want next week, the Edgeheads to come back as the Edgeheads. you know, that like Hawkins and Ryder to be like, Hey, if you don't fucking remember, we were the Edgeheads and all this, Randy, we're going to kick your ass. Just like, you don't fucking do these kind of things. You took out Edge, you took out Hardy, you took out Beth. We're kicking your ass today. And Orton and can be like, cool just like, some... you know, dudes, like, I am I got no beef with you. I'm trying to help out Edge. And he can fuck him up because he's Randy Orton, you know? You know, let them do a two-on-one to get a little bit of offense in. And then Randy uses a chair and beats them both down. And Yeah. And then you got Edge, who's like, all right, let's go. I mean, you at Mania. Yeah, so, I mean, there's good to this whole thing. There's bad to this episode. I'm a fan of the Street Profits winning the titles. I, I'm not, but mostly because it just doesn't matter. I'm probably you know? one of the few people that thinks that it's okay that Aleister Black lost. Uh, I wouldn't have I gone in that too. direction. I would have gone with Ricochet, but still, like, it's not a big problem and i I, love I find the, it weird that they're really going with well undertaker doesn't care about any styles he didn't even bother to take off his coat <laughs> and i just said uh, there's some parts that i just didn't like at all i mean the, this fucking spider thing is just so dumb and i don't get sacrificing ricochet to riddick moss who did he piss off Like, yeah, who did Ricochet piss off? Yeah. I mean, they gave him a title match. You can say that, but <laughs> it wasn't a match. So we'll see uh, where they end up changing some of these things around. We have a mostly full card now for Elimination Chamber, and it doesn't look all that great. In fact, this looks like one of the weakest cards that they've done in a little while. And that's a shame because there's a lot of talented people on this card. It's just that it's not panning out super well. And I mean, it's a, like, it's weird. It's a stacked card. There's four gimmick matches on the card. And everything is either a gimmick match or a title match. But it just, it looks inconsequential. 
So those are the hot tags I got. Anything else uh, you can think of? Um, no, I don't think so. I am doing one final gloss over. I think I did all my plugs in the meantime as well. So if anybody is interested in checking out the next thing that we got coming up, it's as I mentioned before, Elimination Chamber predictions. We're going to do those on Wednesday. So you'll be able to listen to that a little bit later on Wednesday, Wednesday early night or so. And of course, later on this week, we'll have the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. So we'll do the post-show following that, uh, which will be following what happens on Saturday through Sunday, the uh, Dacetacular Gaming Marathon. Go ahead and check that out, the Daceman Show, and uh, watch people like myself play video games for 24 straight hours. <laughs> and uh, if you have just this need to constantly be around wrestling, you can check out WrestleZone.com and Fightful.com. As those are the two uh, websites that I contribute to. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dude Felice, and you, 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 you know the thing. Like, click around. <laughs> yeah, that's it for four thirty-one. Everybody, thanks for listening to this. Drop your comments below, as I mentioned before, and just keep the discussion going. And we'll see you next time. But for now, this has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out.